Hi there, I'm Leslie Dolphin and a very warm welcome to the latest Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet. This week we're talking about retirement, a subject pretty close to my heart at the moment, having just left the BBC and looking for some fresh challenges and opportunities. So today, with sublime timing, we bring you the story of Siobhan Daniels. She calls herself the Retirement Rebel and has written a book about how she decided to embrace change by selling up, packing up and hitting the road in a motorhome. She'll be talking about her book at the Felixstowe Book Festival, which starts today. But first, she's been talking to our very own Colin Lowe about the importance of slowing down and finding happiness. Siobhan, it's absolutely brilliant to be able to speak with you today. And we find you in your van. Is that right? It is right. I'm in Ilminster on the border of um, Somerset and Devon. Um, I've been talking at the Ilminster Literary Festival. Um, I spoke yesterday morning, which was really good. I got a great response and sold lots of books. So I'm just relaxing today. So enjoying talking to you. (laughs) You can decide whether that's enjoyment when we finish. Um, But that's kind of you to say so. Now, there is a reason why we want to speak with you, apart from the amazing story that you've got to tell. um, And that is that you are heading to Suffolk to speak at the wonderful Felix Book Festival. I am, yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'll be speaking on the Saturday morning um, and I don't know Felix Stowe at all, if I'm honest. I think as a child, I maybe popped on a ferry and went somewhere with my parents, um, but I don't know Felix Stowe. So I've actually booked into a site for a few days so I can explore and and find out a little bit more about it. Yeah, so um, this is where we were just talking before we started and I said you know it's where I grew up so I can give you some good tips of places to go and things to see in 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 Suffolk and East Suffolk in particular so yeah we'll do that Uh, it's wonderful that's all I say (laughs) it's so wonderful but I would say that (laughs) not that you're Um, biased (laughs) (laughs) exactly so yes that's right it's Saturday the 24th of June and I think you've got the 10.30 slot on the Saturday morning so um, yeah, that'd be great for anyone who hears a little bit about your story today to, to go on and book tickets through the book festival. So that'd be great. So you have this incredible story. And as I was saying to you earlier, I think in many ways you are doing what many of us have at least thought of perhaps doing one day, but let's face it, a lot of us don't have the courage, um, but you chose to change your life. I chose to change my life and you talked there about courage and I think life has made me courageous because I got to a point in my life where I was totally overwhelmed for various reasons, bereavements and and attitudes in the workplace and I just got to a point where I thought there must be a better way of living. Um, and I wanted to explore and find that better way of living. And I definitely have. I've gone from broken in my mid 50s to the happiest that I've ever been. And I'm 64 next month. So my book hopefully is going to inspire other, other people to, to take their own journeys, their own personal journeys to find that happiness. So can we just retrace some of those steps, perhaps, and look to what was your career? What's your circumstances leading up to this decision in your 50s to make a complete change? Well, my my first career was as a nurse. Um, I was a general nurse for nine years and I worked hard, played hard, had a fabulous time doing it. And then I had my daughter um, and then I started working for the BBC. Um, I'll talk in my discussion how I made that um, transition when I do my talk 
in Felixstowe and I write about it in my book um, Retirement Rebel but I made that transition from being a nurse to working for the BBC and I worked for 10 years in local radio I had my own program at Radio Humberside for a while um, and then I moved to television in uh, Tunbridge Wells. So originally I'm a Yorkshire lass, but I moved down south because we had to go down and educate the southerners. Um, so I moved down south um, and started working for uh, BBC television in Southeast Day in uh, Tunbridge Wells in Kent. And I worked there for over 20 years. So there was a stage then when what, things were, you just didn't feel right or what? what? was it that brought you to the decision that something had to change? I think a culmination of all sorts of things, of just physically, I had to have a hysterectomy for precancerous cells, and I nosedived into the, the menopause and how a lot of people will understand that. And I talk um, a lot about that journey of dealing with the menopause because it wasn't an easy journey for me. I know for some people it can be, but it was difficult. Then I had a brother and sister who both sadly died um, when they were 53. Um, I'd been a single mum for years with my daughter since she was four and she went off to university. Um, and also I, I felt um, marginalised and voiceless in the workplace. Um, I didn't like the way I was being treated. I didn't like the fact that I, my career wasn't progressing. Um, and I was just basically very unhappy with life. And I was going out doing all kinds of physical things like running a couple of marathons in my 50s and climbing up Yorkshire three peaks in a day and all sorts of stuff, which again, I talk about um, I will be talking about at the book festival but all these kind of things I did but I just felt lost I just was going into this dark hole this place in my life and and having written my book and done my talks and, and met a lot of people um, I feel that that resonates with a lot of women I know men go through similar things but it resonated with a lot of women and so I just thought one day I broke down at work and thought I need to find another way of living I don't want to do this. I need to find another way of living. Um, and then started exploring all kinds of ideas of what I was going to, I was going to live on a barge. I was going to go and live in India. I was going to do all kinds of, and then one day I just thought, motorhome, don't ask me why. And here I am, <laughs> my motorhome. So it's interesting that you say that because in many ways, when these changes occur, or when people get to a certain point in life, and I say people in general, for a man, it's often considered as a midlife crisis, you know, that mm -hmm. they go and buy a sports car or a motorbike or something. And with a woman, it's just hormonal. Um, yeah. And it seems a little bit unfair that actually everybody's probably realising a sense of, you know, finality to life. You were talking about bereavement and that we only are finite. Were all of these the things going around as well as health and so on? Yeah, I think... I do think people, when they get to their 50s, particularly mid 50s, start looking at their lives and life in general and, and think, what have I achieved? Where am I going? What's it all about? You know, in the terms of what have I achieved? What do I want to achieve? Have I got time to do that? Because you kind of think, oh gosh, time is running out. Um, and we only get one shot at living. So I'm very much an advocate of, of positive aging and positive living and doing what you really want to do. 
And I think a lot of people do that and they make changes in the life, you know, more and more, especially post COVID, there are women of my age who are getting vans and taking to the road and having their adventures. And I'm inspiring them with my book, Retirement Rebel. And I love that. And they message me and I try and mentor them and help them. And I love it all. But I know from my talks, a lot of men come and listen to my talks as well, because I think it's important we all understand each other's life journeys they do overlap it isn't just women do this and men do that um and i think we really need to to keep the discussion going and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to show you know i went from broken to feeling better and i want women to have that conversation maybe with their husbands and partners and say do you know what we've just listened to her and that's exactly where i'm at and i would like to do something to to fulfill my life and to feel i'm aging positively what can we do or what can i do and it mm. helps them so let's um, come to that point where whatever it was, one afternoon, one morning, whatever, you said the word motorhome came into your head. Um, what happened next? I got really excited and I just said, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> because I've been trying to figure out how I could do this journey and, and what I wanted out of life. And I just felt overwhelmed with clutter because everybody seems to be, including me, working long hours, earning lots of money, living in a lovely place with loads and loads of stuff, but you don't have time to actually live. You're paying for all this stuff. So I wanted to, to get rid of all that and declutter and just get rid of all the stress in my life. And so a motor seemed an ideal solution, but having never holidayed and been in one, and again, I'll talk more about the experience of this and the fear of this, um, it was hard for me to look and find out what motoma wanted because i didn't really know what i was looking for which yeah. is bizarre but when i finally um stepped inside the one that i bought and i've named her dora the explorer dora um, thanks <laughs> yeah dora the explorer it just felt like home and it is home you know it's compact it's bijou but i love it um and i've got my kitchen area and everything so my bedroom and i just i love my life i love my nomadic life but logistically i had to learn how to drive it how to sort of fill the water tank do all those and i've got lots of anecdotes which i i relay in my my talk uh, about um some successful days um and some unsuccessful days of, of getting to grips with the motorhome but it's been fun it's been a roller coaster ride and it's been fun and i'm glad i did choose motorhome life so what was your first trip <coughs> so you picked up the motorhome you'd, you'd left work by this stage i'm assuming yep, i retired at 60 from the bbc um yep. and uh, in my talk i show a picture of me sort of running out the door with a bottle of champagne in my hand with a big smile on my face as if this is it i'm off um but i i decided that i would um put my website shove on shove off because in um uh, yorkshire when you say you know go on on your way you go shove off so um my website is shove on shove off .co .uk, um and i the work did me a lovely logo of, of my face on a motorhome and so all that i was getting very excited but the logistics of, of getting rid of my home getting rid of all my possessions that all began in earnest um and then i what was it september i turned the key in the motorhome september 2019 and i was crying and giggling and goosebumpy and all kind of what the heck am i doing you know and saying at the top of my voice i'm going to go with the flow and my plan is to have no plan um and that's pretty much what i've done for the last four years 
apart from being in my tracks, but with COVID. But, yeah, um, well, that being it. So, so when was your first trip? That's what I'm really interested in. So when you I left, went off you know, up to Harrogate. I went right. off up to Yorkshire Dales. Yes. Um, I don't know. I was sort of going home, really. Yeah. Um, and the, the first time I saw a sunrise in a field on a farm in Harrogate, just outside of Harrogate, I knew that I'd done the right thing. Lovely. I really did. I hadn't got a clue um, what to do. And I learned from a lot of other people who were motorhomers and, and campers. And th that's what I've realised. There's a great community of people out there who, who are willing to help you. And I always say to, to women who contact me, you know, don't be frightened to ask. Don't be frightened to reach out and ask for help um, because that, that helps you along the way. Yeah, because everyone has gone through that experience in the past haven't they if they've got a motorhome they've probably found that something doesn't connect properly or that yeah. they can't plug in where they want and or you can see the people watching you they position their chairs as if they say oh here we go we've got another novice a bit of entertainment <laughs> um but they they sort of let you flounder for a bit but they do come over and help you which has been Amazing. great and I try yeah. and help people now much to the amusement of my brother because I used to be contacting him all the time at the beginning because he has a motorhome and he'd actually answer the phone going motorhome helpline um and now here I am trying to help other people with with my limited knowledge so you said that you started this in 2019 and then I guess March 2020 must have been a bit of a shock with uh everything with Covid I mean yeah that's an how, how do you deal with that and what did you do? Did you have to park up in one place and not move? What? I don't really want to say too much about it because I want people to come and listen to my talk. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Because I do explain all that that happened. But I was in Lancaster for the first four months in lockdown in a field. And I was in Norfolk for the second lockdown for nearly five months in a field on my own. Um, and that was pretty scary. Um, but it was a, a journey, a journey which I survived. And all these kind of things are amazing because you, I face the fears because I have no choice but to face the fears. We were all facing the fears. But when you come out the other side, you feel so much stronger and you feel as if you're living, you know, you've experienced something as opposed to just existing. Mm. So I'm quite proud of myself the way that I did survive both lockdowns on my own. Um, and I had to be pretty resourceful when my pipes froze and various things happened in the motorhome. Um, but I got, I came out the other side and I came out smiling and ready to go and ready to start traveling again. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, now, one of the other very important things, and I'm sure you will speak a bit more about this, because it seems to be a pivotal point in your journey, in your experience, is the, the night you went to the Scottish Lock and parked up. Now, you can say as much as you want to about this. Say is I spent my life when I was really frustrated and really angry and really struggling at work in particular um, I used to just say to my colleagues oh I could just go to the edge of the lock and I could scream um, and that's exactly what I did after Covid um, oh no sorry it was just before Covid it's just before Covid um, <clears throat> and it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life it was life-changing and it was cathartic and I would recommend it to anybody. Um, and again, in my talk, I will explain why and how and what I did, but it, it was, it was life-changing and I 
just loved a good scream. Never done it before, never done it since, but it was what I needed in that moment. And it helped me move forward, um, both mentally and physically with my life. I think also my lifestyle now, because I'm able to retreat, if I feel overwhelmed or if I feel um, I don't want to do something, I can retreat and I go and stay somewhere quite remote and regroup, which I think when you're in everyday life and you're working like 10 hour shifts I was doing and you're being a single mum and you're struggling with health and emotions and all sorts of things, it's hard to see the wood for the trees. Mm. So I've been able to kind of get rid of all that and now I can I've got a different way of coping with things of, of coping with stress and I'm lucky that I can do that with this lifestyle so I don't ever really have the need to go and scream like that I might do it again when I go up there for fun because I actually want to go and revisit that log um, and see how I feel because for the two or three days after I'd been and literally had my screaming episode at the side of it I felt in a state of almost kind of calmness, trauma, reflecting. It was just a very strange state of mind that I'd like to go back there now in the state of mind that I am and see what I feel. And, and, and if I look back on that, you know, would I recommend it to people to do? Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? I don't know. Um, you're listening to the uh, Suffolk Money podcast. We are speaking with Siobhan Daniels, who's made this incredible change in her life. She is the retirement rebel. Um, and you can hear about her book um, at the Felix Day Book Festival on the 24th of June. And the tickets are still available. Siobhan, this is fantastic stuff. Uh, it really is sort of inspiring me to just think of all these other places to visit and um to be able to get to a place where there's nobody else near you and you can scream at the sky and uh, release all that energy. There's going to be people it? screaming all around the country <laughs> going to go, what's going on? But yeah. it, honestly, it, it's, it's so cathartic. And do you know, I, I, when you see in a lot of countries when, when people die, a lot of the relatives, they do go around going la, 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 and screaming, mm. and letting their emotions out. And I kind of get that now. I mm. totally understand it. That is, it is, you know, so we bottle so much inside of us in all walks of life that to be able to release it like that for me was just incredibly cathartic. Um, and I can see the sense in doing that. Is this very stiff upper lip Britishness that we have, that we try and keep all our emotions inside us because it's not the done thing to be seen to exhibit those? But I yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I love the fact that you say me talking to you now is is inspiring you because that is my number one motivation is to inspire people. I want to stop younger people fearing getting old. And I want to help older people live their best best lives and age as positively as they can. And by doing what I'm doing and having this nomadic journey, um, I know that I am inspiring people and I love that. I'm getting back from that selfishly now. I'm getting back from that because I know how broken and browbeaten I was in life. And I know there's a lot of people feeling that. And, and to be able to hear you say, I've inspired you and I've made you think and I made you excited, reminds me of the excitement that I had when I suddenly got the idea of motorhome and going off and being free. It is exciting. And it is a journey. And there was one particular time um, when I was walking along the cliffs by the Seven Sisters um, down south in Sussex. 
and I was looking out in the sea and it was all silvery gray and the, the sun was just bouncing off the, off the waves and I just started crying and I went all goosebumps and I was crying because I felt incredibly happy mm. and I would I and I I hadn't experienced that feeling for a long, long time. And I was able to look back and see where I remember sitting down and just thinking of where I've come from when I got that initial feeling of excitement and I want to have a different way of living, a different adventure. And I just thought, gosh, you've come a hell of a long way and look at you now and you're actually feeling happy. And this was only sort of two years into my journey. I'm now nearly four years um, on the road and that's what I want people to experience instead mm. of in a home feeling stressed feeling worried about bills not being able to live not being able to go and see the friends or family I don't understand why we're all living our lives like that mm. so can I just ask a little bit about what's an average day for you then because um, I think there is another aspect where we like being busy um, mm -hmm. My wife often nags me about this, not nags, that's the, um, prompts me about this, let's use that, that, that I find it very hard to just sit and do nothing. But so I... my immediate thought is, well, what are you going to do all day if what, what you're doing is you've got a camper van and yes, you've got to travel from A to B, but what else do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you you are hitting the nail on the head of how I felt when I first started because I my life had been so frenetic being a single mum working for the BBC shifts 10 hours and trying to get to see family up in Yorkshire and friends all around you know incredibly frenetic and when I first started doing this days when I'd sit on on the the, the bench seats here with a book or just looking out the window I felt lazy I felt like I should be doing something. And it took me a while to learn to live in the moment. My mum spent years trying to get me to, to know the birds and listen to the birds and look at the flowers and the trees. And it was like, oh no, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, but I'm off. Now I love nothing more than first thing in the morning, opening the door of the motorhome with a cup of coffee and just sitting there and smelling the wet grass and looking at the trees and listening to the birds and doing nothing. No, I'm not being lazy. I'm living in the moment. And I think so many of us, we convince ourselves in society that we've got to be running around. We've got to be doing things. We've got to be showing how successful we are and all our belongings. And what are we doing? We're just not being realistic about life. We're not living, we're not feeling. We're not smelling. I wasn't for, for the majority of my life. Now I am, and it's a completely different experience. And I'm loving it. And I think I'm a more pleasant person to be around because I was just one angry person, you know, and very weepy and anxious and angry. Now I just like life. And I mm. love sitting out and looking out the window. And I'm so lucky because wherever I park, that's my home. Um, and I park on some great sites with beautiful views and I still have to pinch myself and think this is my life. So thinking of that, are there places that you've, that really jumped out at you? Because uh, in our earlier conversation, you, you said that you hadn't really travelled the UK very much. You know, a holiday for you is jumping on a plane, which I think, let's face it, is true for many people. They don't experience the UK and Ireland perhaps as they ought to. So where are the places, I don't know if you've got in your mind a top five or something, but are there various places that you would 
Yeah, I mean, I used to jump on the plane, being off to India, Canada, all over Europe and just traveling and thoroughly enjoyed it and forgot to look what was on my doorsteps, which is one of the reasons when I embarked on this, I said, I'm going to travel Great Britain. But I think Scotland for me is, is just, I love it. It does something to my soul. And that's where I did my screaming at the lock. Um, but when I drive up from England and I see the Scottish flag on the left-hand side of the road as I'm driving over the border, I just feel almost like I'm coming home. I don't know why, but I love it. And so every time I go up there, I find another gem, but the Outer Hebrides were, for me were a highlight, beautiful. Um, and I've got a one-way ticket to go to the Orkney um, and for at the end of October, I'm going November, December. I'm going when most sensible people don't go up there. It'll be windy, it'll be dark, it'll be rainy, but I want to experience the elements and push myself out of my comfort zone. So Scotland for me, and then Ireland. I spent five weeks in Ireland last year, um, went over to Dublin, drove all the way down, Wicklow to Cork, Berra Peninsula, up Kerry, County Clare, Galway, and back again. Spent five weeks, oh, I just skimmed the surface of the beauty of the people, the places. Oh, I just loved it. So yes, I've got to go back there. I haven't done Northern Ireland yet and everybody just says it's amazing. So it I'm is. hoping here. Yeah, you'll year. love that. You'll absolutely love that. Yeah. And the, um, this time of year is a great time to be there as well. So, But, but of course, for me, the top one is the Yorkshire Dales because I'm <laughs> Yorkshire last and I love the Yorkshire Dales and walking. I was there in February swimming in a, a waterfall, Janet's Foss waterfall. Um, and yes, it was nippy. I bet it was. <laughs> I love doing that. I love my cold water swims. Um, but I was sensible. I got to, to made contact with local people who knew the safe places to swim. And I went with them um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So Yorkshire, Malham Cove, Gordell Scar, that walk is just beautiful. It's constantly voted the best walk when they do the country file and shows like that want to know one of the best walks. That Malham Cove and Gordell Scar walk is just beautiful. So, yeah, Yorkshire's my top one, then Scotland, then Ireland so far. But we I haven't... haven't Wales enough yet. I've got to go to Pembrokeshire. Ah, yes. I hear lots of lovely things about Pembrokeshire, but, um, but and you haven't really added Suffolk to your list yet. So you've got to spend I've... some time here yet. Yeah, I've done bits of Suffolk when I've done talks for WI groups and, and I've driven through Suffolk. But I, I'm honestly, I don't know Suffolk very well. So, yes, I need to explore a bit more. I will be picking your brains of places <laughs> and things. Just don't come for the mountains. They're very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got any. Um, so, no, other than that, yeah, amazing stuff. So, uh, yeah, there are just so many questions I want to ask you. There'll be lots of things that I know you'll talk through in your talk, and that will be mm. really good. But again, practicalities, supermarkets, farm shops, what are you doing? How, how are you sort of collecting? Because you probably can't carry what many of us have, a freezer full of ready meals. No, I a... don't do ready meals. I do cook a lot in the motorhome, and I love that. But I've got a fridge freezer. I've got a microwave. I've got a, an oven and a grill, everything that I had at home. But it's just scaled down. So I've got that. Um, and I do my supermarket shops uh, along the way. And I batch cook. I've got um, a slow cooker. So I'll cook things. And then I'll put a couple of portions in the freezer. And I'll have it over a couple of days as well. So um, I budget by doing that. But I try to buy local 
um, especially when I'm going up remote places, islands, you know, or the Outer Hebrides, it's good for the local people that you put into their economy as you're traveling through those areas. So I try and go to the little farm shops and um, the local places and the side of the roads um, that often I can get honey and eggs and vegetables and various things from the little boxes as I'm traveling around. So I like to do that. Um, but I, I pretty much cook what I used to cook. Um, more healthily i think because i don't do all the ready meals um but i pretty much cook from scratch i mean last night what did i have salmon fillets spicy salmon fillets rice and a big bowl of salad and french bread so i don't think that's bad no you seem to be doing okay very good oh, that's great so uh, the next question then that comes to mind is is saying okay now this is fine and you're obviously living this really amazing life at the moment reduce stress, seeing different parts of the country, taking in these early morning sunrises. Um, can you do that forever? No, no, that's true. I can't. Have you been talking to my brothers and sisters? Because that's no. what they whenever, that <laughs> Yeah, whenever there's a family <laughs> gathering, you kind of feel this moment where they're going to come over and go, right, so are you going to buy a flat again? When are you going to start doing this? Is it the let's be sensible now? Yes, yes. <laughs> when are you going to grow up, Siobhan? Um, never. Um, do you know what? I'm going to do it for as long as I'm enjoying doing it. And yeah. it's what I feel that I should be doing and I want to do. And also physically for as long as I can do it. Because, you know, we all know as you age, um, various bits of your body don't work quite as well and I've got a dodgy knee um, at the moment so you know maybe one day that will stop me climbing in and out I don't know but at the moment it's I'm loving it and I can't see myself stopping it um, but then I get ideas in my head and think to go completely at a tangent and think oh, maybe I could just put the motor in storage and go off to India for six months and go and live there for six months so I don't my I'll do what I want to do that's one of the beauties I've learned I've found my inner voice and my inner warrior and I've become mistress of my own destiny and I can do what I want when I want pretty much at the moment and I'm loving doing that and I'm getting to see my friends more and have quality time with them because mm. they'll come and meet me at train stations and then travel with me a little bit and then I drop them back off and they go home and it's great so I'll go, so the answer to your question in a very roundabout way is I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, yeah. Do it while you can. Is yeah. it? That's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a, just a different stage of life. Um, yeah. And there'll be a time for another one, but what's that bridge when you come to it, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I, I, I just want to say to everybody. We only get one shot at this living. We've got to do it the best way that we can. And I'm doing it the best way for me. I was existing for many, many years and very unhappy. And because, as you can hear, I've got a very confident sounding voice. People used to think that I was fine and I would just gloss over so much. And inside of me, I was screaming. I was sad. I was fearful you know, and I wasn't living. Now, I don't have that. And if I want to say no, I say no. If I want to say yes, I say yes. I try to be kind to people and help them and interact with them. And that makes me feel good about myself. So I'm living a more authentic life than I was living for nearly 60 years. Mm. Well, just as we conclude, the one other thing that we talked about just before we started recording was about uh, I think there's increasing evidence that suggests that an experience is of greater value than a possession. Um, and you were talking about, you know, just comparing 
perhaps other people who are of a similar age group to you who are, are still just stressed and worried by you know, trying to acquire something. Um, there's this saying, isn't there, that um, people use money that they don't have to buy things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. And um, that's it in a nutshell. And I was doing that, you know, so many of us, my nickname was Champagne Chabon, you know, lovely big house, dinner parties, great BBC career, all this kind of thing. But I wasn't happy. And so many people aren't happy. And I think when they get to that age of the mid fifties and want to repurpose, they sort of look and they, if you're honest with yourself, you think, what am I doing? But we're taught from a very young age that to be successful, you need to earn lots of money. You need to have the house. You need to do this. I don't believe we need the houses. I think if you save sort of a hundred pounds a month and you invest it sensibly, you can have a million pounds by the time you retire. And, but at the moment, and you can be living because you're only saving that hundred, maybe 200 pounds. Whereas if we're paying massive mortgages so we can't live and we're paying for something that we don't own and we're in debt and, and, and then we wait for a few years at the end that we can really live. And I think we need to reevaluate the way that we live and, and our priorities because I think we're getting it so wrong. And I wished I'd learned this earlier because I wouldn't have lived my life the way that I'd lived it. I would, I'm glad I've got my daughter, glad I have my career, all sorts of things I'm thankful for, but I wished I'd known there was a different way to live. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Siobhan, thank you so much uh, for telling us a bit about your story. And it is just a fraction because I know there's yeah, a lot more there's both a lot in more. your book <laughs> and for you to say at the, um, at the book festival. So we'll leave the powder dry. <laughs> for that to be um, listened to by people who can, can join you then and um, so your book Retirement Rebel is available but you'll be adding a bit more to that yeah. if people can come and see you down in Felixton yeah uh, very much so and I hope to inspire people uh, to just live their best lives that's what I'm all about I want people to live their best lives um, and to be happy well I hope to see you then because I'm scheduled to be there on that Saturday um, so we'll be sponsoring a few sp uh, talks and things so I'll look forward to seeing you then and um, it's the, the amazing Harvest House which is quite an astonishing building in and of itself so that's great looks over the spa garden so it's a perfect location for talk so people will get good value in coming to see you and tickets are only eight pounds that's a bargain Come on, that really is, you know, to come and say, to listen to this story. <laughs> wow, what? We're talking about experiences. So, this is a great experience coming to hear you talk. So, thank you so much for your time today. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Phoenix, Toe. It's been my absolute pleasure. I've loved talking to you, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about Felix Stowe and exploring the area. Siobhan Daniels chatting to Colin Lowe. And in fact, Siobhan's going to be talking more about her book, as Colin mentioned, at the Felixstowe Book Festival with me. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be going to discuss retirement with her. So that festival starts today and runs until the 25th of June. So huge thanks to Siobhan and to Colin. And thanks to the team who helped to produce these podcasts. That's Sally and Kevin Birch and Joy Day. And, uh, of course, my thanks to you for listening. From me, Leslie Dolphin, until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>